I was just every day hearing something along the lines of you're a toothpick or like considering me as a pushover or just being overlooked. So that was, that was how it was for me coming up, up until the point where I hit rock bottom of having enough. And I remember that day. <laughs> We've all had times in our life when we felt insecure and those insecurities can end up shaping the person we become. However, if we manage those insecurities correctly, those insecurities can actually make us into a better person. And that was the case with today's guest, Joshua Manoe. I first met Joshua when he came through Merrick Health with his friend Larry Wheels trying to prove his natty status. And if you look up Joshua Manoe, all you'll see is videos of natty or not. We have Greg Doucette, we have Derek, we have a ton of influencers who have commented on whether or not he uses performance enhancing drugs. And I wanted to get away from that in this video. I couldn't care less whether or not Joshua uses performance enhancing drugs because with or without drugs, he's built a phenomenal physique. And to do so, that goes a lot deeper than any drugs could ever do. It goes to the heart of a person. It goes to their determination. It goes to their willpower. It goes to their grit. And that's the kind of things that we like to examine here at this podcast. The things that make you an optimal human being, they start within. And that within, it's more powerful than any drug, than any supplement, than any rep range that you'll ever be able to find. I think you guys will find Joshua's story of where he came from and how he now lives his life very inspirational and help to guide you on your journey to optimization. You also see a familiar face in this week's episode. We brought in our friend Dominic from a few weeks back. He's helping me co-host this episode because Josh Lewis is off practicing what we preach, hiking at high elevations. But don't worry, that Southern twang will be back before you know it. I hope you guys enjoy. So Josh, man, I wanted to get you on um, because you know we met through Dominic. Uh, he brought you over and through Merrick. I know you guys did the uh, Natty or Not video with Larry Wheels, which those listening can go check that out. I didn't want to dive too much into the the Natty or Not crap because you know when I'm look when I type in Josh Manoy, you know everybody, Derek, Greg, everybody's made Natty or Not, and I honestly don't care. You know you've seen my reaction to his lab work; it's whatever, but. Now, at the Atlas Hour, we're all about human optimization. I feel like Joshua here is kind of the epitome of being optimized, whether that's with drugs or not. Who gives a shit at this point? I mean, I want to get into you and, and the things that you've done in your life. And I honestly tried to not even look too much into your background. I know you were probably you were in the military from what I can see. And I was hoping maybe we could dive into a little bit of that, like, you know, where'd you come from and, and how'd you get started? I know you've kind of have this whole personality now online as being the, the natty dude who looks like he's roided out of his mind. Um, but where's, where's the, the roots, man? Where'd you start? Uh, well, um, I was born in Philly and I grew up in Florida for about 14, 15 years before I came to Cali, which is where I am now. And when it comes to fitness, I grew up being skinny and I was, I was, picked on a lot for being small, not just by people in school, but my brother who I lived with, because we didn't have a tight relationship that we do today when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. and so I was just every day hearing something along the lines of you're a toothpick or like considering me as a pushover or just being overlooked. So that was, that was how it was for me coming up, up until the point where I hit rock bottom of having enough. And I remember that day. <laughs> Uh, I got in an argument with my older brother and it was just because he was a little bit heavier and I was the skinnier one. So he would, in exchange for him calling me a toothpick, I would call him Shrek or like I would make, <laughs> we would, you know, just exchange <laughs> those comments. And I, that day I, he, he called me a toothpick and just 
got a heated argument. And I remember having a PSP at the time and that's how I had internet connection with the Wi-Fi. So I went online that day and I was like, how do you get bigger arms? I'm sick of it. <laughs> I found out that two thirds of your arms are to triceps. And from that day forward, I was using my mother's like 10 pound dumbbells or whatever I had in the house. And I was like, every night I was doing something, tricep extensions, push-ups, like calisthenics, cause that's all I had. And so that was really the time when I, I decided to make a change and I knew that I wanted to become better. And then high school came around. Luckily and fortunately for me in my high school, we had a weightlifting class. And I say that because I know a lot of other high schools don't have that privilege. Right. I think that's mainly a Florida thing or East Coast thing. But anyway, from that day when I signed up for the class, it was a Monday to Friday minimum of getting a training session that whole year because I had the class, obviously. And I was someone who obviously knew I didn't want to be skinny anymore. So I went in there with a mission and a purpose every single day. A lot of times, for the most part, I was there before everyone because I knew as soon as the, the the teacher, the coach came in, he would shut everybody down. He would get everyone's attention, tell you what to do. And then so I would try to get there before everyone to catch a little pump before <laughs> everything got started in the class. And then I would be the last one to leave because I was trying to get the biggest pump that I could, you know. So I really took it seriously from that day forward, which was sophomore year. So that whole year I was gung ho. I was in there. I hit the ground running. I ended up having a class junior year and senior year again. So I think when it was that time of in my life when I was about 14 is when I joined that class, which was obviously puberty. I, I caught it at a right time because I was riding the puberty wave as well as making use of my newbie gains and just whatever growth spurt I was going through. I was just hitting it all at one time. And I, was, yeah. I wasn't someone who was half-assing it at all. I was in there and just like grinding and really giving it my all. And I ended up joining the way within the team as well on junior year and senior year. So literally junior year and senior year, I was getting two workouts a day. <laughs> and so I, uh, yeah, that just ties back into what I was saying about, I really took it seriously. I found a passion yeah. really quick and the team, as opposed to the class, the team got me into the numbers game of, of building strength. And I obviously learned from the coach everything about technique because it was Olympic lifts, like clean and jerks, deadlifts, back squats. And we were going heavy all the damn time. It was painful, miserable, but I loved it. And I was able to take that knowledge over the years after I graduated and, um, you know, really continue to perfect my, I guess, my training style, my training method and studying bodybuilders at that time, which was like the new wave of social media, all yeah. the the OGs, I guess, were the, the hot commodity at the time. So I was just watching them, seeing how they train, doing my own research in bodybuilding, which I wasn't into the sport at all then. It was just always a, a fact that I wanted to become bigger. And mm -hmm. I didn't have an end goal. I was just, I was not trying to be small anymore. And so I was just doing everything I could. Like I was very picky with food growing up. And that's because I, I don't even know. I had a problem with veggies. I had a problem with clean eating. I just wanted to eat, you know, the basic kids food, like junk food. Right. And I ended up learning that I had to stop being so picky. And that's the only way I was going to gain size. So once I made that, that change, I started noticing more muscle mass being built on top of the training I was doing. And I ended up getting to bodybuilding shortly before I was going to the Marine Corps for boot camp. 
And uh, was I, that like senior year? That was after graduation. That okay. was a year after I graduated high school. I graduated in 2015. And ever since I graduated, I was still in the gym. I was just like working out and working at my job. And all I wanted to do was train after my job. That's all I gave a shit about is making, like paying my bills, doing the work, like at my, my job, my workplace, and then going to the gym. And I decided to join the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Literally a month and a half before I went to boot camp, I was persuaded to do a show because everyone up until that point, like all my friends and just people who would see me in the gym would, would make those comments like, hey, bro, you look great. Do you compete? And I would always right. just be like, no, it's, it's not my thing. I never thought about it, blah, blah, blah. I would just shrug it off because that's not what I was worried about. But I knew that I was turning 20 in boot camp, which would mean I could never do a junior division in bodybuilding. Gotcha. Yeah. So the owner of my home gym just trained. Shout out to Alan. He was the guy who, who like his words reached me. You know, there's always that one person. Like everyone can tell you something, but there's that one person who can actually reach you and touch you. And he right. was that person. So he was just like, dude, you're just do it. You're about to lose weight in boot camp from getting run down and slayed. No matter, like, you don't know how much you're going to lose. Just do the show just to try it out. And I was like, okay. So I went and got trainers, Vicky and Brian Nixon. And they, they taught me the ropes. They taught me how to pose. They gave me the nutrition plan. I just followed it. And I, I'm glad I really followed it to the T because I could have easily half-assed it and just like blown it off. But I, I really took it seriously. I got my, my diet, my conditioning right. I looked great on stage and I won that show. My first nice. show at 19, I won. And that's when I really, that's when it hit me. I was like, okay. Because everyone had been telling me up to this point and I never really knew how much potential I had in it because I, I don't know. That just wasn't what I was about. I was trying to get big. So that show happened and then it gave me that spark. It, and it wasn't a huge flame. It was just a little spark. Like maybe I could do something. And then my trainers convinced me to do another show two weeks away from that. And because they were just like, bro, you just blew this one out. Go into this next one, which I'm sure a lot of bodybuilders today do. I have a few friends who run it back to back like that. So I know how that little rebound time you have. So I went into the next show and I got second place, which wasn't bad. And then I landed that national qualification in that show. And then I had to go to boot camp right after that. But that's when... I really decided that I wanted to do something in fitness. That was the moment after my second show. I was like, okay, maybe I can take what I've been focused on for all these years and what I really have a passion for and a love for and make something out of it. I didn't know how yeah. I was going to do it. I didn't know how pay was, like the payment in bodybuilding. I didn't know how it was for the sport. I just knew that I love this and I, I clearly do well in it. So might as well just go with what I love. That's and awesome, man. That's how it came about. I want to... I want to touch on like the Marines thing in a sec, but going back to like when you started, it sounds like there was obviously some insecurity there from being so scrawny. Do you feel like it's hard? Cause I kind of went through the same shit and I dealt with eating disorders for a while because of it. First it was, it was because I was a little bit chubby. I wasn't even chubby, but my older brother being an older brother like yours, you know, he was lean and had abs just from being skinny. So my tiny little baby fat, you know, he'd pinch it and be like, you know, you're tubby, blah, blah, blah. And, 
fucked me up. And then by the time I was in high school, you know, I was running before my family was awake and doing sit-ups and crunches at night and everything. Mm -hmm. So then when I graduate, I was the opposite of you. I was, I was 135 pounds at, you know, 5'11 and realized like, fuck, I need to make a change. And that's when I started putting on weight. But the, like the eating disorder and the whole body dysmorphia was always in the back of my head. Mm -hmm. You would be the reverse of me, but do you feel like you always kind of had that body dysmorphia and insecurity kind of fueling you and did it and did lifting help? I, I still feel like I carry a little bit of it today. Yeah. There, there are times when I see like when I'm looking at my physique and I see my collarbones because I don't have a huge upper chest shelf like I want. Yeah. So one of the things that screwed my head <laughs> when I was skinny is seeing my damn collarbones when I hate it because it was always a sign of skinniness to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, say I'll wake up in the morning or it'll just be, be one of my flat days, you know, and I look and I'll see them and I'm like, fuck, like I'm still kind of there and I need to work harder to get to where I want. So right. The small things, like very small things right about like now in my life, I know that I have a well-developed physique. I like to believe. And like, you're, you're never going to have everything you want, you know? They say that you're never satisfied in this lifestyle. And that's really, I mean, I, I think that's true, honestly. Yeah, for sure. There's I no have times like, you know, I rashly will be like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fucking fit. I look good. But then a lot of times I'm just, you know, beating myself up like you're scrawny. You're, you're not big. You know, what's funny is if I'm in a gym sometimes and there's like a few mirrors angled the right way to where I'm catching a view of myself from like the right. I'm like, damn, that's a big dude. And I'm like, fuck, that's me. <laughs> have you ever done that? Like, are you dumb? Like, yeah. it's hilarious. So I'm always like. Oh, that's a, that's a dude who lifts. And I'm like, Oh, that's me. Fuck. Yes. Like, if I, <laughs> as soon as I actually look at myself and know though, then I'm like, ah, oh, it's kind of small. Like delts aren't that pumped today. Mm -hmm. It's Dude, funny. I know. Lifting definitely helps. Um, I yeah. think it, it just, it's, it's the perfect method to build self-confidence because it's you, you get what you put, like you get out what you put in and you're the only one to blame if you're not getting the results. Right. And so I think over the years, because I've been training for over 12 years now, consistently, and I put on a lot of muscle mass on top of the skin and bone that I was before. And yeah. like these days, my confidence cannot be faced just because I know what I know what I've come to accomplish in, in the sport and just in life. I've been through a lot of obstacles I've overcome. I, I know how many people I inspire. Mm -hmm. That to me means everything. So with that being said, I, I don't ever look down on myself. I don't ever have these moments when I, I think that I'm not enough, even though I did back then. So lifting definitely was the number one thing I think helped ever for me in my life. That's awesome, man. That's badass. Josh, and I know, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Also, I just wanna know, do you see yourself the way other people see you or are you kind of convinced that you look as good as you're getting recognition for that you just kind of buying into it. Like, okay, well, I don't see it as well as other people see it, but I'll say that there are times when I, I forget yeah. that people see me this way or they look up to me like this, especially when I'm in public. Cause there are times like I don't get approached all the time, but there are times when I get approached and these people come up to me and just like, like not praising me, but you know what I mean? Like they're just, mm -hmm. You're Josh, you're Blaze, your physique is insane. Your workouts help me with this. I love your workouts. And then <laughs> it just, <laughs> cause I forget I'm in the gym and I'm just in my own head. I'm working now. I'm just, I'm just going through the movements, getting it done. And then 
they remind me that, oh, I'm actually somebody on social media. I'm at, I actually look like this and, and people, they see me in that light. <laughs> so I think, I mean, I, like I said, my confidence, I feel like I'm, I'm a specimen. I know I'm a specimen for me, for me being natural and for having this physique. And I, I, I don't ever like go over the top with it. I'm not, I'm not super driven on ego and I don't think I'm better than anybody in any sense. Cause I know we're all on the same mission, trying to become better in our own domain. Um, but I, I do sometimes forget it. You know what I mean? Do you feel a sense yeah. of pressure from people? Like you, you'd admit it to me that you have a candy addiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a bridge right now. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like a sense of pressure that you have to be on point all the time because people look at you as such an inspiration? I do. Yeah. And it's, it's been like that basically my entire life. Um, Cause I've, I've never, and I said this in a post on my Instagram a while back before my show, I, I posted some pictures of me with my conditioning a day out from the show. And I, the caption was, I've never been told that I cannot achieve something. I've never had someone at least tell me that they didn't believe that I could do it. So I've only ever had people look up to me and people expect things out of me. It's never been the other way around. I've always felt a sense of pressure, especially today in, in my fitness lifestyle and where I'm where I am in social media, I know people expect me to look like this and just, I guess being someone who people look up to, you're, you're always supposed to have the smile on your face. You're always like, they count on you because they keep you accountable. And when they see that you're in there doing your thing, that motivates them to get in there and get off the rest. It could be something as simple as posting a gym, like a selfie in the gym, just a check-in photo. And that could be something that gets someone off their ass and gets them out of that lazy mindset to get in there and work on bettering themselves and having an, a positive impact on their yeah. daily life. And I, like I said, that means everything to me to, to move them like that. And so that really keeps me on my toes all the time. There are times when I slip up, Dominic, like a kid <laughs> with the diet cheat meals. And there are times when I don't feel like going to the gym, oh, but it's instilled in me today. Yeah. Like, over the 12 years, man, it's, it's in the bloodstream now. It's ingrained. Like I don't, I don't wake up and have to remind myself to go to the gym. Like everything I do, I wake up, I do the gym and then I get started with my day. That's how it goes. And I'm sure you guys can relate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I do my body's aching, I just, especially now on prep cause I'm prepping for a show in June. And so the training is, it's much more intense now I'm going heavier, doing less reps, heavier weight. And so I'm just, I had body work yesterday. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, man, it's been it's been a ride. It's just gonna get yeah. more intense. That was interesting, though. Thinking of everyone's always looked at you as though you're capable, and it's never been. I'm probably the other way. Like you know, I don't think anybody really expected anything of me. So I've always had that like kind of chip on the shoulder. Like I'm gonna prove everyone. Mm-hmm. You're almost the opposite, though. It's like everybody already believed in you from the get go, and so that's almost more. That's obviously more pressure. It's interesting. I never even thought of it that way. Yeah, it's different yeah. to prove someone wrong and to prove someone right. Exactly. The feeling of letting someone down kills me. And I, yeah. I everyone can say the same. I guess I feel that more in life now that I'm more accomplished. Like when things come up, I'm like, oh, shit. You know, I, everybody expects this of me. Like I can't rely on the victories of yesterday. Like today I got to mm-hmm. show up again, you know. Mm-hmm. But everybody expects you're always going to be victorious because you have been in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, That's like, interesting. 
you you really need that, man. Like you need outside of it just being you having to tell yourself that I got to make this happen. It just it, like the pressure is good, man. There's such thing yeah. as good pressure and bad pressure. For sure. So moving on, like, I think you probably developed a ton of mental toughness, which is what we talk about a lot on here. Cause the whole like impetus of this um, podcast was essentially seeing so many guys just worrying about what drug do I need to do to feel better or to get the physique I want or to do the things. And you know, what, what angle do I need to chest press that? And I'm like, just go out and fucking do the work, develop some resilience and some mental toughness, you know? And that's what we're always trying to push. And that's why I don't even want to get into the whole drug and supplement thing. But I'm, I'm thinking you probably gained a lot of that in high school already, just because you built the physique that you did. And then you took it to the next extreme and moved on to the Marines. So what caused you to want to go into the Marines? And what were the kind of things that if you thought you were tough, then did you have your ass handed to, you know, like, did you did you grow through that? And what was that whole experience like for you? I so what what made me join the Marines was I was I was going down a bad path. I didn't like who I was becoming. I was doing things I wasn't proud of. And uh, I just wasn't I wasn't really going the way I wanted. I, I wasn't going the path I wanted to go in my life. And so I knew that I needed something to set me on the right path. And I knew the Marine Corps was going to be my best bet because first of all, I've always looked for a challenge. And I heard that the Marines was the toughest branch. And I had multiple friends in that branch and in the military in general, but I knew that I wasn't going to want something that I could easily overcome. And Marine Corps boot camp I heard was 13 weeks. It's the toughest branch. They go through the like the most gruesome training. And so immediately I was like, I hit one of my buddies up and his name is Tim Patrick because he was in the Marine Corps, I think for already two years active duty. So I hit him up and asked him, plenty of questions. How is it? Do you like it? Do you regret it? What do you do? What's your MOS? Like just everything I asked him because it was going to be a big commitment, obviously. And he told me everything I wanted to hear in total honesty, of course. And so he put me in touch with his recruiter and I spoke to the recruiter. I did the ASVAB, Hmm. uh, which gave me a generalized category um, for the job listings that I could choose from based on my score. And it's funny. I ended up deciding on, I think, communications. And I was going to go active duty when I first uh, signed. And after my shows, I decided to do reserves. Do you know the difference between the two? Yeah, yeah, I do. But you can maybe explain to to the guests. Okay, so active duty is you will be living on base wherever in, in country, out of country. And you will be working Monday to Friday full time, living in their barracks, their lodging on base for minimum of four years. That's active duty. Then there's reserves, which is you will live your civilian life. You'll go through the basic training as as every Marine or airman or soldier, sailor. And you will once you've completed basic training, you will go back to your home, wherever that is. For me, it was Florida because I was growing up in Florida at the time. And then you'll be attached to a nearby unit and you will report to that unit and work one weekend a month, which is why they call us weekend warriors. Sometimes these weekends are two days, three days, four days, depending on the training being done. Mm -hmm. So like sometimes we'll go to the rifle range or we'll have field drills or we'll just have administration that weekend. So the days will depend on what we have for that work weekend. 
And so that's what I decided on because after those shows, I was like, I really, I don't think that I'll have the ability to, to pursue this if I go active duty because I'll be full time. I don't know how my work schedule is going to be. I don't know if I can even get my fucking meals in with the chow hall that they provide. I don't know if right. I can restrict that. I just knew that active duty was not it for me. Yeah. And so I, I talked to my recruiter who thankfully was on my side. At first he was hurt because he thought I was getting cold feet, but he was like, because he had already pulled a bunch of strings to get me to sign with the uh, the MOS that I chose originally. But he switched over to reserves, got me a contract. I signed that. And then I was off not too long after that to boot camp. And I think in, in boot camp, Dr. Hodgkiss, I had everything down packed fitness wise. Like cardio was a little bit of a, you know, it was yeah, bad because <laughs> I, I was not a runner. And right. so that one was the one that really gave me a, a run for my money. But like the basic hazing, the, the fitness tests, obviously I had a no problem. I didn't have to worry about anything fitness wise. That wasn't what I had the hardest time with. The hardest part about boot camp was staying awake. Number one, it was staying awake, dude, because the first three to four days, you hardly get any sleep at all, like none. And so the rest of boot camp, with everything being so fast paced and intense, you're trying to catch up. You're playing catch up the rest of boot camp on sleep. And yeah. boot camp, for everyone listening, is not all about running and doing these like badass freaking rifle drills and things of that nature. There's There are plenty of educational systems and tests and classes and courses that you take obviously to learn about the branch to learn about military warfare and things of that nature so a lot of it was sitting in in classrooms and auditoriums at a desk with a regular notebook and trying to pay attention and staying awake and if you got caught sleeping you would get you would get your ass hit. <laughs> um so yeah one the hardest part was staying awake and then the second hardest part was it was mentally hard being with yeah. this company for three whole months. You, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean this in the middle, like military, like brethren will understand. You do not know how dumb people can be until you sign up with who can or military branch. Because <laughs> there's some simple rules that you're supposed to follow. And some people just aren't capable of following these rules. And obviously, just like a football team or a team sport. If one person, like the weak link, there's one weak link, the whole thing is jacked. So one person screws up, you would all get jacked up. And so that was just every day. And I think being away from family was tough mentally, getting letters here and there, because that's all you could get. We didn't have the privileges to use phones. You got our, we got our phones taken at the beginning of boot camp, not seen for the next 13 weeks, only got letters, stuck with the same people for 13 weeks, if, and some people would obviously get kicked out if they weren't if they weren't capable right. of holding up. So like we would lose recruits, and our numbers numbers would dwindle down. But ultimately, we'd be stuck with the same people. And I think having to to like cooperate with them, work with them as a team, and not all of them, obviously. Some of them like there are some people who are better than others with it when it comes to certain things like intensity, physical fitness, following orders team skills like but yeah mentally it was it was way tougher than physically i had the physical part easy and i, I was able to pass with flying colors with my my fitness scores um, but that's yeah. awesome man 
do you feel like that's translated into your life now outside of that? Like, you know, all the, the discipline and just like you said, the mental toughness you're prepping now, probably one of the hardest things that bodybuilders do, obviously, you know, off season's fun for most guys, but the prep is mentally challenging. Do you feel like some of that translates over? 100%. I, I've taken a lot of what I, what I learned in the Marine Corps and boot camp and basic training to everyday life, uh, discipline, especially, and not, not just when it comes to like holding down things like waking up at specific times, eating when I'm supposed to eat, hitting the numbers. I think, uh, like the way I view people has changed. The way I view life has changed. Um, I'm always more cautious now. Like my head is always on a swivel everywhere I go. I don't, I, I don't, um, like I focus on everything. Like everything is absorbed when I'm out in public. Um, like my, my sense of, <laughs> I, Jesus, and this is kind of bad, but some people don't have as much discipline as others. And when I, when I notice that people don't have discipline, it's just like, Ugh, you know, what I, mean? <laughs> not, I not, feel the exact same way. Yeah. So I try not to be, I'm like, this might be fucked up, but it just is. Yeah. It kind of is disgusting. You know, you're yeah. like, you're, you're wasting your life. You know, there's so much to be gained and you're just letting it dwindle away. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah I crazy. think my sense of uh, understanding that everything is like everything that you go out and work for is in my mind, a mission. I always, I always say a mission because Obviously, there's a goal and a mission, and you have to complete it, obviously. And so, like, my my prep for the show is a mission. Every time I wake up, a meal is a mission. The numbers hidden at the end of the day is a mission. Getting these fucking reps and these sets and, and like, taking a specific amount of time in between sets, that's a mission. So everything I do is just – and sometimes it can it can really, like – like screw with my head seeing everything like that because obviously like some people other people can relax you know and be like more relaxed about it have loose shoulders but for me i'm just you know what i mean i think that a lot of that came from the military and having everything be so intense and like just high intensity because i think in, in boot camp there there was hardly a moment where people weren't screaming and my voice is actually before boot camp, my voice was less raspy and it, was, it wasn't this deep, but I lost my voice from screaming in the first week of boot camp. And I think this rasp that I have is doing <laughs> now. Uh, and that's what I mean by high intensity. Everything was just because they're, they're trying to simulate a battlefield. Right. So the screaming, you have to scream over everything that's happening on the outside. It's going to be really loud. And then you're always supposed to be running like everything is high intensity and urgency and that's the way I, I see a lot of things these days yeah for sure on the uh last podcast with dom we were talking about he likes to take cold showers i don't do that but i was thinking that uh the benefit of cold showers you know huberman all these guys will talk about the science of it and i was like fuck the science of it i think the real benefit is just developing that mental toughness and that resilience just like you know seals they make them get wet and sandy highly uncomfortable does it yeah. make them more tactically better no no but it makes them you know just have the toughness to get through the mission like you were talking about um yeah and i, I just feel like that that kind of thing is so important because when you get put into stressful situations, which is their goal, you know, let's make this as stressful as we can be for the months that you're there every single day, every single minute, so that when you get on the battlefield, you're chill, you know, you're calm, cool, collected. Um, hesitation. 
Exactly. Um, but you know, like I talked about, you, you can't just rely on yesterday's victory. So do you still do things in your day to day to just get uncomfortable and out of your comfort zone and, and just feel like, I mean, obviously you're training, you're, you're cutting, so you do, but are there any things like Dom's cold shower that you do to just try to stress yourself and push yourself a little bit? I take cold showers. Do you? Nice. Every morning. <laughs> Those are fun, man, especially because it doesn't get too cold out here in Cali, but yeah. it, it does get cold, damn it, especially in the morning. So I'm the same way. I'm in Vegas. Yeah, it's not too cold. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, taking cold showers in the morning is, is just, I don't know, it's, it's really like giving my day a, a sense of momentum, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And I always like to get up, I eat my first meal, then go to the gym. I feel like taking the cold showers amplify, um, I guess, my pace when I'm training. I have more alertness. It's definitely, it definitely shocks me, obviously. But I think, I, I like the feeling of, of after a cold shower and your skin's tighter and the muscles look fuller. And <laughs> I don't know, it just, it gives me another, like a sense of confidence too yeah. in the morning, which is, which is great because I have a fucking mirror that's like right in front of my bed. And the first thing I do when I wake up, because I have, <laughs> I have the, the blinds right next to the mirror. So all the natural light's coming in. So as soon as I get up, I'm looking to see if this is a flat day or a good day. And so I'll take my cold shower. I'll come out and usually it's a good day. Yeah. <laughs> I think the cold showers are excellent. And I, that's awesome. Everyone listening, I would highly advise them. There, there are times when like, I'm not saying I, I take cold showers 365, but for the most part, I'm taking them every morning. I wanted to ask yeah. both guys too, um, you know, going back to the discipline thing. Do you think discipline is a learned behavior or do you think it's something that's just somebody's born with? It's learned. I, yeah, I definitely think learned because like in my early years, I had life pretty easy. You know, I talked about my past before, but I lived with just my mom for a while and I was just kind of a mama's boy. And mm -hmm. then I got thrown into living with my older siblings and my, my parent, my dad and his wife were hard on me and I learned discipline then. But in the beginning, fuck. And then even afterwards, you know, like the discipline to to grow a physique and to grow a business and everything, I feel like you have to learn it for sure. I think yeah. anyone's capable of that. Yeah, definitely. Everyone is capable of becoming more disciplined. I also think that in my mind, when I think about discipline, say, for instance, when I was growing up, I had to do chores as a yeah. lot of us had to. One of the chores being to clean the dishes. And so the sink's right behind me and I have to because I'm always having meal prep, I'm always using silverware. So every night, like I just have to run through it. And I remember, because I'm pretty sure a lot of kids growing up did not like to do chores. It was just not a fun thing because you knew that you had to do the chores before you got to play and have fun. Right. And so now in my life, obviously I'm, I'm 26, I have my own place and I have to make sure that things are cleanly and I uphold the standards of my own household. And you get to a point where say if you have to do dishes there was a time when you were like Ugh, like i gotta do dishes fine let's do it you know but you you end up learning enough like developing enough discipline to where you do it without the you know without the backlash or without the negative mindset toward it because you already know like yeah this is like just part of the daily routine i, I eat this food i have to clean the house yeah let's do it you know yeah. you get to that point where there's no longer a, a negative Overlook on it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I talked about that last time with Dom too. That I feel like you develop this identity, like your identity now is 
clean, tidy, your house is kept a certain way. And that's what you do. And so you don't even second guess it, you know, like dishes are there, they're dirty. They need to be done because this fits my identity. Yeah, uh, we, we, exactly. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're this fit dude. Like I go to the gym in the morning. That's what I do. It's, you know, it, it would be a variation of me to not like, it would be weird. You know, mm -hmm. you would, you would not be yourself. Mm -hmm. um, Dom and I deal with like younger guys all the time coming in and it's always, I'm not motivated. And that's my, like my least favorite fucking thing to hear is I'm not motivated. Like I haven't been motivated to work out in probably the last five years. Like there's never a day when I'm like, I'm so fired up to go hit it. Mm -hmm. You know, like occasionally maybe if I get a, a sick new pair of shoes and I'm just like, yeah, this looks clean. These are going to look good at the gym. And then yeah, the next day uh, the motivation's gone. It's the discipline mm -hmm. that, you know, you just, it becomes who you are and you just have to keep pushing through it. Like motivation is so fleeting I hate the word motivation at all. It has nothing to do with testosterone or any hormone. It literally is just, are you disciplined enough to continue showing up even when you don't want to? That's so interesting. I, because I, I, I get those DMs and comments and people talk to me about, I don't have enough discipline. Like, what do you do when you, you're lacking discipline or, or not discipline, motivation? Yeah. I, don't, I don't have enough motivation. What do you do when you're unmotivated days? And I, like, I always, I always say the same thing, Dr. Hodgkiss. I'm like, I mean, I don't have anything that, that really motivates me. I don't like, I, I am my own motivation and I have right. to have motivation because the dues have to be paid. I cannot just expect to look like this and continue to look like this or become better and evolve aesthetically. If I do not simply go and do what the hell I've been doing for the last, however many years, mm -hmm. it's just what needs to be done has to be done. Yeah. 100%. Motivation, like it's fucking your motivation. bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like motivation just comes and goes, you know, like you may yeah. have been motivated when you first were like, Oh, I'm on prep. And the first week is fun because calories are coming down. You look a little bit leaner. And then the next week it's gone. And yeah, like back, you know, motivation is not a constant, the gym, and your workouts and your consistency, your split, your schedule needs to be the constant. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem with the whole natty or not thing is it's kind of giving people a false, perception of what discipline is what discipline looks like they think because you look good and you work hard that you're doing some sort of drug to get you there and people have this you know they get so hung up on this idea you know i see a lot of young guys they come to us and they want to they think they have low testosterone because they're not motivated and it's like well you may not be motivated for um, a lot of different reasons but you're looking for motivation but discipline comes in you know you have to have like that consistent work and you know what drives a person? What drives you, Josh? Is it, do you have a certain kind of empathy on somebody that say does not have the discipline because you're so motivated to, to help, right? You get, you, you want to like, so is there a certain kind of empathy and how do you coach somebody into that understanding discipline to, to that's where the results are going to come in anything in life? I think I have a, a David Goggins type approach where he's just he tells you straight up yeah. but there there are always going to be bad times and that's just with everybody there's no way around that and you're never going to have a steady progression upwards and the only thing that is controllable is you actually doing the work and there's nothing else that matters aside from that everything else is an excuse and i like when it comes to things that you want, if you have a desire, you're expected. If you if you claim it to be a desire and you want it, you're supposed to go and get it. And so everything else that happens outside like that, 
that hinders you or that keeps you away from getting that and you and you recognize it but and you and you decide to dwell in it that's an excuse there's there's always a way around there's always a way to make something happen and and reality is if you want it you're gonna get it that's it now i know it may be hard like that's that's what i'm trying to say everyone has their obstacles and everyone deals with what they deal with but do not continue to talk about you wanting to get here or you wanting to be living like this or you wanting to look like this if you're not going to do something about it because if you're if you continue talking about it then what is equally important is to actually put in the work so i think i mean i'm very sympathetic i have empathy and i'm not just like some some hard like badass dude i mean even though i know that's what a lot of people see me as there is an element of me that's like that but I, like I said before, I know that everyone's life is different and I'm not better than anyone in anything. I, I put in the work and there's still much work to be put in. I know that other people are going through their own things and their own obstacles and some may be way worse than, than mine. I'm not very fortunate. I'm very blessed to be where I am and hmm. going through things that I was able to overcome, but I know some people, it isn't that easy. You know what I'm say if that makes any sense i feel like for myself um you know i feel like you know there's a certain kind of talent that somebody has and for me being younger discipline was harder for me because i got things kind of easy when i worked out i got in shape kind of easy didn't have to diet as much didn't but when i started getting older all those things that came easy to me were no longer coming easy to me and i was like mm -hmm. oh oh crap like this is i knew about discipline i would say you know discipline but I had to start being more disciplined in everything. And it makes me think of a lot of people that genetically just don't have, they have genetic dispositions, you mm -hmm. know, so they stay motivated and how do they wrap their mind around that discipline? Because if they don't see the results for the work that they're putting in, I, I don't know, I'm sure you guys too, when we work out, we train, you start seeing results, you get excited, you want to go back and it kind of motivates you a little bit to keep going because you're staying, seeing results. But just as I got older, when those results start, stopped happening, I started having a different look at, oh, what is that person? They're not getting results. Uh, how, do they, how do they keep going? You know, they feel like they're just, are they doing it right? Are they doing it wrong? Are they, you know, is it just, you know, different cards? You know, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. You know, if I jump in on that for a second, I think what is a killer for a lot of people is comparison and comparing themselves to others. Because somebody may be damn well making results but they compare this like say for me let's just take my my arms or my biceps for instance someone in their mind is trying to develop biceps like mine and when they're going through their training and they're looking like across the weeks and across the months and they're not seeing their bicep become like more similar to mine even though they are making progress even if it's slow that's going to ultimately like get to their head and they're going to like, they're going to lay in that, that cloud with rain coming down. You know what I mean? Cause they're, they're stuck comparing themselves to other people. I think once, once you have your own, I guess, secluded, like in your own space and your own physique and working with your own genetics, once you're, you accept that you have specific genetics and it's not like other people, and you're not going to look like everybody you see out here that you're trying to look like. You have to accept 
your own body type and what you have and you have to work with what you have and everyone wants to look like this guy even me like i mean there are people i look up to and their physiques i find very impressive and just freaking insane looking like for instance obviously arnold but i know that my lats if i'm hitting a front double my lats aren't gonna fucking fly out like his because i don't have that kind of <laughs> those kind of genetics i know that like his chest being as broad and wide as it was i'm not gonna get like that i know i made a lot of progress on my chest which is one of my weak points i i consider with my shelf like i told you guys but I know it's not going to be anything crazy like his. Like when I'm hitting a side chest, my shit isn't going to come all the way out here like Arnold's. But I can work with what I have to make it pop out and just make it the best that it can be. I think everyone's just tied into trying to look like everybody. That's huge. Cause sure. I appreciate you saying that because I think that's what it comes down to. You know, people, if they're working hard and they're disciplined, they're doing what they need to do, they're making progress for themselves, but stop comparing themselves to everyone else and what other people's results are. Yeah, that's just a way to sink their their uh i guess confidence and their own motivation in themselves and 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 it's gonna kill their goal envisioned in their own head because they're they're still like i said they're going in that direction but there's there's so much on the outside trying to pull them away from that progress that they're actually making in reality mm, for sure i'd also argue a lot of people think they're working hard when they're not I mean, I was a victim of that for years too. You know, I mean, there'd be times when I thought, yeah, going, <laughs> yeah, I, I would be like, you know, I'm fucking busting my ass. I'm doing everything right. I'm hitting the gym hard. I'm dieting right. I still don't look like the pro that I want to look like, you know, and I would convince myself that I'm working hard and doing what they're doing. Why aren't I getting the results until you actually like, if you take a, a an honest look at what you're doing, a lot of the time you can be like, fuck, I left some reps on the table on that leg press, you know, mm -hmm. when, when I, I probably had three left, but I thought that was failure, you know, like I would argue most people don't even truly know failure. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you're not like limping out of the gym on leg day, like literally about to throw up, you probably didn't hit failure. So, you know, you have a lot more work you could potentially do. You know, when you look at some of these top like IFBB Olympia guys, if the, if you went through one of their workouts, you know, you would be dead at the end, but mm -hmm. you're convincing yourself, you know, I'm working so hard. I'm working as hard as they are. It's just genetics or it's the drugs is what most people think these days. Cause now that we all talk about it, everybody thinks, well, they've got those drugs and that's what I would do too. I even was like pretty, I was competitive in CrossFit for a little bit. And I would, I remember just being like, I'm doing everything right. I'm training three times a day. I'm eating right, but I'm not rich froning. You know, I'm not Matt Frazier. These guys, when I look back, I'm like, yeah, I say this all the time. Like the reason why I wasn't there is because on rep 15, when my delts were pumped and they were fucking hurting, I would drop the bar and guys like Rich and Matt Frazier and stuff keep pushing, you know, they go until the 21, they move like they're, they keep working, they push hard and then they go home and they eat the right things. They sleep the right way. They're stretching, they're doing the mobility. So like a lot of times we're kidding ourselves and we're telling mm -hmm. ourselves like we're working, you know, hard. Mm -hmm. uh, some dudes do. I am like, and, and that's probably what separates a lot of us. You know, if, when I actually put the work in, it's funny, the times that I made the most muscle gains, I was on the least amount of steroids and I just put in the most work. My, my progressive overload was dialed in. My nutrition was dialed in. I ate till I wanted to puke and then I ate again and I got fucking big, you know? And that, but there was years before that when I kid myself, I lied to myself and told myself I was working hard and I wasn't. And my physique looked better than most people, but it wasn't, you know, the physique I wanted. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I'm, I mean I'm guilty of of uh, con like considering myself to be 
working as hard as I possibly can and not. And I, for me, like there are people who, or there's a person who I think of when I think of who, someone who trains to failure, like ultimate failure, and that's Tom Platts. Yeah. I know that's a high ass bar to have set for that standard, but I, yeah, that always, even yeah, looking, but look at those legs, you know, like when it, it was like, oh, that's drugs and genetics. Like, no fucking look no, at him training, man. dude. He was yeah. just psychotic. Just <laughs> he was that guy. He was next level. And exactly. Looking back at my training recently, now that you say that, it, uh oh, man, you just yeah, you just fucking sparked a flame. You sparked a flame, man. What that All said, right, I, <laughs> you think you think because of that, do you think it's better to or in each one? Do you think it's better to work out with somebody? Or do you think it's better to work out by yourself? And which which do you guys prefer? Man, both, honestly. Definitely you get pushed more. But I feel like if you can't push yourself too, like one thing I used to try yeah. to do in, in like CrossFit even was like, I'm going to work out with nobody around and I'm not going to play any music and I'm just going to fucking sit in this misery. Like I'm going to fire myself up. And I knew that if I could push myself to that limit, then when it was game time, like I'm going to be fucking unstoppable, you know? Right. So I think a little bit of both, both like fueling off of a partner to push you a little bit further, but you need to be able to find that within yourself too, because you're not always going to have somebody. That would be my opinion. I, I agree with the answer of being both. Uh, I think, I definitely think the solo dolo has to be established somewhere somehow for you to learn, learn yourself and your own capabilities and your own willpower. So that way, when you actually have a training partner, you know, you know, already know what you're capable of. So that that way you hold yourself accountable to go those extra reps and not just have that rely on your partner to be like, give me a few more. Yeah. You know, I, I love training solo and I love being in my own head because a lot of times, I mean, we're not going to always have the perfect partner. And some partners will will talk you up between sets and like you know waste waste the time in between sets and some will will half ass it and that energy will cause you to to come down a little bit you know what I mean so like yeah having a good partner is rare I've had a few I've had a few and I love the training sessions I get with them I there's nothing like having that partner who actually gets you those reps like when you when you think you have three more he gives you the three and then he tells you to get five more yeah keep going sessions are just they just they hit differently like they hit deep and i think it's so, it's so important yeah if we establish like the workout by yourself it has to be done. you have to establish that because i remember when i first started training i would train with friends and if they stopped working out i stopped working out mm -hmm. so i had to come to a point where i was like no i'm gonna work out by myself if they want to join me, they can. But I enjoyed working out by myself to a point where I think I missed some sets. I, you know, if I didn't show up that day, you know, I, I thought I was training to failure, but I wasn't. But and then I noticed also, too, I train a lot more now with partners. But I think the competitive nature of men in general, you want to show up when you work out with a partner. You don't want to be the one that, that fails first. You don't want to be the one that talks much. You don't want to be the one that kind of cheap out on the sets. So I think there's a, there has to be an established, you train no matter what on your own, and you can do that. And then also too, if you have a good partner, which is rare, mm -hmm. I'd get find one that I can rely on all the time to train with. Yeah, but I was curious about that with you, Josh, if, that, if that's something you have, you have that training partner. It's, it's definitely not something that I need. It's, yeah, it's not too. a necessity to be able to go above and beyond and, and you know, just advance in your mm -hmm. fitness lifestyle. It's not a necessity. But it is excellent to have. Hmm. Um, yeah, I could I could train solo all day. 
but there there are times when I know I'm going like I need to make this workout go hard like I need to be in pain I need to be crawling out and I know the only way that's going to happen is if I have someone helping me get those reps so I'll go through my my contacts and I'll just see who I can hit up and and I I only ever hit up the guys I know who will carry me Mm. and yeah if one of them picks up then that's great then I'm gonna it's gonna be one of those days where it's gonna be really painful but if not I'll still like when when I have to settle for being alone, I think that <laughs> that gives me sometimes, actually a lot of times, a little more motivation to to really just blast it because I know I'm trying to get up to that level of having a partner. And you try to reach that level of having a partner while you're training solo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, you're a spotter all the time, so you can't like when you when you know you're about to go to failure, you don't want the bar to drop on yourself and have to roll it off. So you just get to that point, you're like. Mm-hmm. And then you drop it. But you know what I'm trying to say? Just yeah, getting yeah. that point up there. For sure. Yeah. And something you said too about training with people who are going to push you. I mean, it's so cliche and we've all heard it, but it translates to all areas of life, you know, like hang around the people who are a little bit better than you. I feel like if you're, if they're too high above you, you know, if I were to go train with like Nick Walker, I'd just be like, fuck, you know, but mm-hmm. like a little bit better than you to where they're in, like they're in arm's reach, but they're just enough to push you. Like, I think that's awesome. I mean, it is good to surround yourself with giants too, so that you have something to look up to, but um, some guys will just women to surround themselves with lesser than, you know, so they feel better about themselves and you can get real compliant that way. Like, you know, you've got guys like Larry, you can call up and I'm sure it will just crush you, you know? Yes. Um, and, but if you were to go train with guys who are just like, you know, fanning out on you the whole time, you're fuck, I can stop at seven reps. I don't need to push through, you know, they're already impressed by me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's always better to be chasing somebody. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, you want to aim for it. Like you want to aim for someone who's you you see is better than you or stronger than you are. Like you know, just to give you that that uh, and I, I don't want to use the word motivation, but the motivation to just you know keep yeah. keep like going for the higher bar and just become yeah. and, and going for those extra reps. It's, Hell yeah, man! I don't. I, I never even really thought about that because I I like people based on their personality and obviously I meet a lot of people in the fitness lifestyle and going to the gym. And I'm, I'm very picky with those who I, I train with because we have to be on the same wavelength or you have to be ahead of me somehow, some way. That's the only way I'll train with you is if we're like-minded or you're just, you're like out there, like Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Larry strength, now that he's taking bodybuilding seriously, like he has a coach now. And so I know that we're, we're more compatible these days than we were before when he was in powerlifting. So I know that. Um, we can bounce ideas off each other. We can help with each other with training. There's there's no way I'm going to be doing the weight that he's doing. But I can obviously aim to go for a few more reps and get that progressive overload and really blast the deeper muscle tissue fibers to the point where I'm like, yeah, even though I'm not hitting the same weight as you, I'm still getting the same work put in. Yeah. Well, man, we're almost approaching the hour. I don't want to keep you longer than we we said we would. One other thing I want to touch on, um, like when when you look you when you look up Joshua Manoy, you know you got I think you got a little Google page or something. One of the things it says on there is optimist under like your career, and I thought it was fucking cool. Like you, so you probably put it out there. I'm guessing that you're an optimist, right? Is that something you kind of you identify as? I didn't. I didn't. You didn't. No, 
Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, if you Google your name, it'll say like, I think it said like military comma optimist, like fitness influencer. Oh. And I was like, I think it was badass because I wanted to hear a little bit about that, like just being an optimist and how I'm guessing other people have kind of titled you that. And then maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Do you feel like you are? Um, yeah, I'm definitely an optimist, man. I have a a lot of ambitions. I'm very ambitious in general. I've always been that way. Fitness, now that we're on the topic of this, is is not all I want to do. Because fitness originated as being a catalyst for me to just become a better person and and like I said, stop being small. But outside of fitness, because I don't want to do just fitness and social media and sponsored athlete for the rest of my life. I know that won't last because obviously with age, like I'm not going to up, uphold this physique for the rest of my life. That's going to be like Dom soon. <laughs> 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 but I like, I want to out here in LA, like obviously there's plenty of opportunity. So I'm, I'm aiming for an acting career. I'm into acting. I'm, I moved to LA for music. I play guitar, I sing and I write. Oh, nice. So there, there are other things I want to do. Um, and this, like, there's no ceiling for me when I, when it comes to things that I think that I can accomplish and things that I want to get done. And that list goes on for a long time. So I think a lot of people, I guess, picked up on that, that I'm, I'm not just this bodybuilder. I'm not just this sponsored athlete, this, this former Marine. And there are many, like the, the journey is just now beginning. And I think a lot of people can pick up on that and, and kind of tie that into their own viewpoints and their own perspective and their own lives. And that's what I really want to preach. And that's what I like to hear is yeah, um, people just, you know, going for whatever makes them happy, whatever you, you want to do. If like, you're never, you're never going to regret taking that shot and trying, but what you will regret is not have given it a shot. Hmm. I think that's, that's the overall message that I, uh, I want to be perceived or taken in when it comes to Joshua Manoe. I think that's pretty cool. They have that on, on Google. It's Manoe. Fuck. I've been saying Manoe. Manoe. Yeah. You know what? Growing up, I would let's always put that out there too. I think other people say Manoe. Manoe. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say so Manoe. Manoe. So Great, I, you say it again. Manoe. So Manoe. Yeah, in Hawaii, the, the vowels have to be specifically pronounced. So Manoe. Manoe. Am I saying it right? All right. All right. I'm going to make a real intro with this, with, with saying your name the correct way. Do it. I, I have one question for you, Josh, before we yes. get going. Uh, when it comes to acting and stuff, you're going to be getting typecast as a bodybuilder, right? Background jobs, this, that. You're always the, the big Dude, I already I got casted as a damn bodybuilder. Yeah. You're, you're, so <laughs> so are you, are you because you write music, do you start, are you starting to write screenplays or things that you think you might be good in? Do you have you considered doing that? Do you, is that a direction you go in? As far as writing your own stuff? Well, I, I definitely write my own music. As far as like translating that over into the acting career, I haven't done any thought, put any thought into that, nor have I tried to experiment, experiment with any of it. But I mean, maybe you, you never know. A lot of actors and actresses end up crossing over from being an actress or an actor to producing or to writing hmm. or to directing. So I know that that could definitely be a possibility. I just think of Rocky. 
you know, Sylvester, yeah. Stallone, Sylvester Stallone, you know, he couldn't get the roles you wanted. He wrote it. And it's one of my favorites of all time. That's so. awesome. Yeah. Sometimes when you got to do it your own way, man, you want the job done, do it yourself. Yeah. All right. Well, one more thought experiment. Yes. Uh, somebody, somebody wants to cast you super high paying job. They want you to lose 60 pounds. Would you do it at this point? <laughs> Before I answer that, because Joseph Baena is one of my buddies. He's a good buddy of mine. And He's in the acting community as well, outside of just being uh, someone who works out and who's someone who's in the fitness. He's had plenty of roles tell him to lose weight. Mm -hmm. That scares me. Mm -hmm. That scares me because obviously you know where I came from of being small. So anything going in the other direction would more than likely have a negative effect on my my head and my mindset. But oh my god, dude. That's something I have to to come to grips with is that's more than likely some roles will tell you to lose weight. Exactly. Hopefully not crazy drastic, but depending on the paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the way I look. I mean, I'm, I'm function like I, I can function. I'm very flexible. I'm I'm agile. And I really don't want to lose weight, damn it. I don't want to lose muscle. I did that in boot camp and that wasn't even fun. I lost 15 pounds in boot camp from running and eating less. Yeah, and I looking smaller. I, I, I didn't like it. It'd be so, crazy. You'd have to just like link up with Marvel and just only do like action, you know? Yeah, yeah. Marvel or Legendary Studios or like somebody who's about that heat because yeah. <laughs> I gotta keep it in this frame. But like yeah, I said, the on the paycheck. I mean, and if it's not too much weight, because I, I'll tell you what, I'm not losing sixty pounds. <laughs> like twenty to twenty-five. <laughs> So what if it was literally like one of those ones that just like turns you into the next Brad Pitt or something? Like you're going to be kind of an icon. Would you lose 60 then? Like you're no longer like fitness influences is going to be like BS. You know, you're going to have like 15 million followers on Instagram at this point and be like in the Hollywood stars. Would you do it then? Oh, man. I... That's crazy. See, this is the this is the shit that people don't realize, like how much this plays with our head. Like this dude yeah. has the possibility to be the next Brad Pitt, and he's thinking I might prefer to have my arms. He also the has size the possibility of the being one of the best bodybuilders of all time, too. And this is yeah. really real. Like you were saying, Roger, I was just like this. This stuff actually happens. Like actors and actresses are actually told this upon. Oh yeah, landing roles. You gotta lose. Even look at Christian Bale. What he I was, was going to say, Christian Bale, Bale man. I, thought, I heard he was eating just an apple and salmon for like yeah. how long to get that small, which was insane. You could almost see his spine from the front of him. You know? Know. Like he was no. so skinny. Uh, and then he bulked up for Batman. And then he even did a fat roll at one point too, didn't he? Where he had to like look kind of slovenly. Crazy. Man, I would. That's such a hard question to answer. I know. Right now, I'll say yes. I would. I would lose the weight because. With the knowledge and experience I have now, and not to mention muscle memory, and obviously being in landing that role and becoming successful, I would have access to even more of a strict diet and like meal prepping and just like everything could be locked in even more than it is now. Because there are still times when I have like to bounce around and try to, you know, play catch up and do things differently with my situation now. Like I'm not, I'm not 100% accurate on everything. But I know if I were to land a role like that and actually have more success, then I can I could rebound. I could bounce back. I'm only 26, 
So I, I still got room to grow. I'll put that way back on. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you coming on. Um, Thank you so much for I, I like hearing, yeah, dude, it's awesome hearing more about that kind of stuff too. Cause I think everybody just sees, you know, the Instagram, the, the curls and all the fucking awesome physique shit, but it's cool to hear more about what you or who you are and what do you want to become too. Um, where can people find you now? And like outside of, you know, just being like influencer, do you have any businesses or anything? Uh, what kind of stuff are you doing as far as that goes? I can be found on Instagram at Joshua J Blaze, B-L-A-I-Z-E, and on TikTok, JJ Blaze, as well as YouTube, Joshua Monoe. And I do not have outside businesses being run. I'm right now YouTuber, fitness uh, athlete, sponsored athlete, professional bodybuilder, and actor. I get paid um, through different acting gigs, That's working awesome. my way up the chain in that in that in department ultimately trying to reach the, the top, being on the big screen. But those are my main objectives right now. Like I said, my mission statement is clear to me and I'm just yeah. working on getting there and I will get there. Hell yeah. Yeah, I love that. I have no doubt, man. That's awesome. Brother. One day we're gonna have to have another one with Dom. Dom's like, I don't know if he talked to you about his whole acting stint, but we should have, one day we'll have to do that, hear about all of Dom's stuff. Yeah, man, oh, yeah. this guy, he's been on TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we gotta play catch up. Exactly. Yeah, we had a lot of talking to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll be in touch. Stay focused, man. That's it. Stay focused. Keep doing your thing, man. All I right. Appreciate you guys. Inspiring, right. man. Awesome. It's awesome to have the privilege to be on this podcast. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, yeah. man. Have yeah. a good one, bro. Great, Great time. Too. Right. I'll talk All to right. you later. See. Ya.